0: This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 163 for November 2021 with Bob DeWay on the Priesthood of Every Believer.
1: Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson.
0: I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 163 for November 2021. Bob DeWay returns in studio. Bob is theologian-in-chief and regular preacher at Gospel of Grace Fellowship Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. He's also written scores of articles for Critical Issues Commentary, his online ministry, which is available at cicministry.org. He's back this month to talk about a topic that he's been very vocal about, as long as I can remember, and one I'm unsure how we've missed in nearly 14 years that he's been coming and doing shows with me, The Priesthood of Every Believer. Our discussion will be based on an article that he wrote on the topic, a link to which I'll have in the show notes. Before we get started, I want to give a little update on locals. So a few people are trickling into the Echo Zoe locals community, which is great to see. I've been posting material there and have a bunch of things queued up to auto-post for several weeks to come. I've also further refined my thinking on how I want to approach the community and specifically thinking about the paywall. So the things that I can't control, I can't control, and that would include things like uh, paying members, posting to the community. We don't have any yet, but um, the person who posts at the locals community gets to decide which side of the paywall their post goes on. But as for what I can control, my plan is evolving as follows most of what I put up there will be on the free side of the paywall. I've been posting community updates, thoughts, whatnot, kind of things that you might tweet or post to Facebook. And that's visible to anybody. So I'm also posting videos. Some of that will be on the free side, some on the pay side. And it's pretty simple how I'm deciding to put it, which side to put it on. So if the video is something I've already put on the Equazoe store, then it'll go on the pay side of the locals page. So for example, several years ago, uh, Eric Dalman and I did a series on logic, lessons in logic, and that's available at the Echo Zoe store. So those are on the paywall side of the Locals page. But also up there, I've got videos going up. If you remember several years ago, I was doing Echo Zoe answers, and people would ask a question and I would research it. And So those are going up. I only did about five of those, and they're on their way up. Actually, I think they're all up. And I've started another series called... Andy on, and it's similar, but the difference being that with Echo Zoe, a listener will ask a question, whereas with Andy on, um, I bring the topic myself. So there's a few of those that are going up or on their way up, and that includes Andy on Aliens, Andy on Hell, and Andy on Paths to God. And I've got a few ideas for some more that I'll be putting up. So those go up every week on Sunday, and if I get an Echo Zoe Answers question, I'll post those, and if I don't, I'll come up with a topic and do an Andeon video. Those videos tend to be pretty short, usually 10 to 20 minutes long each. Also, and this is a a big one, I do plan to record versions of these podcasts as much as possible, and those will be on the free side, but they're going to be Locals exclusives, or if I do post them on like YouTube, they'll probably be later, so... Uh, This month's episode, for instance, might not go up until December or January. But uh, if you want to catch it right away, this one is on Locals, on video, so you can watch it there. And that's on the free side of the paywall, so you do not have to pay to see the videos. So one more uh, Locals feature that I want to start taking advantage of is email alerts. So I've been doing email alerts, uh, like a little newsletter I send out when I have new episodes. And um, I've been doing that as long as I can remember. And we'll continue to do that, but that's also another feature that Locals does. So when I post a new episode on Locals, I, all I got to do is click a tick a box and it'll send an email alert. So that's another way you can get alerted to new episodes. So sign up for Locals and follow Echo Zoe Ministries. It is free. Most of the content will be free. If you want to see any of the paid content, there's all uh, I've been doing promo codes. So you can get on there. You don't actually have to pay. You just use a promo code, get to behind the paywall, And I've been posting a new promo code every month. We'll continue to do that for further notice until further notice. Um, that said, if you wish to support Echo Zoe Ministries by becoming a paid member, it's just $2 a month and that's the locals minimum. Um, I highly recommend if you do so, please go to the webpage to the website to do the subscribing, the paid subscribing, not through the apps on Apple or Android. Um, it's, it's a little easier and, um, that way you don't have Apple or Android taking a cut of that fee, which they are want to do. So um, even if you pay on the website, you can still access the content on your app. It it does transfer over. So it just helps to, it's a, it's a little smoother process. I've done it myself on a few different pages, and it uh, it just works better if you use the website to do the subscribing. So while you're at, uh, at it with Echo Zoe Ministries, have a look at the Locals platform. There's a lot of interesting pages coming up. The site's growing quickly. And uh, just in the last month or so, they announced they're merging with the video platform Rumble. So they've been growing a lot since that. But So check us out at lo- uh, Locals, com. And then uh, show notes for this episode are at com slash 163. That's where you'll find an outline of the discussion, a list of scriptures that we refer to, During the show, additional resources, including the link to the article that Bob wrote that we're going to be talking about, and even uh, related episodes. So if you're a newer listener and might be interested in older episodes, you can check out the related episodes in the archives. And uh, that's at echozoea.com slash 163. And with that, Bob, it's welcome. It's great to have you back in studio. It's
2: great to be here again. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, that was a bit of a long intro and I don't normally do them simultaneously, but uh thanks for sticking with it for me. No problem. Thanks for coming. And um So lately I, I put I, I've been talking about different categories of guests that I have and uh you typically are in the category where um Ryan is in and a couple others are there where I'll say, Hey, you wanna come on? I don't have a topic, bring one with you. But this time I, I had been Uh, going through your website and found this article. And it's actually not that old of an article, considering how long you've been talking about this.
2: Yeah, I've been talking about the priesthood of every believer for a long time. And finally laid it out as an article. So I think it's very important. A lot of people don't even think about it anymore. And the reason being is that I, I can't be sure for the reason. I think most folks don't know history very well. And don't realize how amazing it was when Luther stood against the whole Roman Catholic Church that had the priesthood locked up. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't mind, why don't I read the passage yeah. here on the top? This was the intro to the article, was this passage. Mm-hmm. 1 Peter 2.5, You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 2. five. Now, why is that important? A lot of people have read that and thought about it. But in Luther's day, the priesthood abused the saints. The hierarchy of the church abused everybody. And the idea that every believer had access to God without going through an intermediary it was an amazing idea. It shouldn't be.
0: In some cases, today it still is. Hmm. Yeah, so what is the, uh, maybe a little bit more on the history of uh, where this comes out? You, you talk about Luther and the Catholic Church.
2: Well, I uh, have the complete works of Luther, <laughs> <laughs> and in my well, I had it even before I got logos, but it's in my software. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people don't understand really what was going on.
0: And <laughs> I don't think the listeners can hear that. Okay. My kids are upstairs and okay. the, the, the ground the floor was shaking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyhow, the point was this if the hierarchy of the church controls how people come to God, who hears prayers, whether their sins are forgiven, whether they have access to God, what they have to believe, what prayer is all about, they're totally in bondage. Mm -hmm. And Luther stood against that, and in some cases, he had a very, very strong biblical argument. But that's where we really get into problems, because not only did they control access to God, you weren't allowed to interpret scripture for yourself. And so there's a lot of documentation about this. And so this article is based on seven functions of priests as Rome mm-hmm. claim for themselves that the Bible actually gives to everyone who's a Christian. And so that's what this is about. The priesthood of every believer.
0: So before we get into like uh, that, the believer level, what you know, biblically speaking, what is a what is the role of priest? Well, biblically, we have Old Testament priests, and then we have our, of course, our high priest. Okay. That
2: the in the excuse me, biblically, the every single believer as a priest to God can do the things that. Luther lays out here, let me make the points ahead of time, and then we can cover these. Mm -hmm. First one is the ministry of the Word of God. That doesn't mean everyone's a theologian or a teacher or a preacher, but everyone can teach and preach the Word of God, and to whomever, they can preach the gospel, they can teach the Word of God,
0: and... As long as you learn it well enough to know what you're talking about. You, you, well, that's you know.
2: another issue that we'll get to. So let's just do the overview, and then we can go back to some of this. Sure. The ministry of the word, and then you have, that was the first one. The second one was to baptize. Yep. Now, Luther had a stronger view of baptism than I do, but nevertheless, who can baptize a believer is not restricted. Mm-hmm. We can see that in the book of Acts. And the third one, let me get my notes here. Administer communion? Yeah. Again, the Lord's Supper is not some high holy process controlled by some hierarchical church. It's the Lord's Supper. It's fellowship.
0: Well, that whole concept of the the mass and uh, whatnot, uh, it's not just who administers it. The whole process is quite unbiblical.
2: That's exactly right. I've been preaching on that lately, <laughs> on uh, the fellowship meal, and the means of grace is remembering what God did for us, and the Last Supper, looking forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's another matter, but for the some hierarchical church that no, it has to be this way, and ke- he keep adding things that are necessary.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's unbiblical.
0: Well, we've talked about off and on over the years the. The whole concept of or the of how the Eucharist where the Catholic Church basically re sacrifices Jesus over and over and over oh, yeah. again.
2: That's not right. Once for all. Right. A lot of people that are Roman Catholic and then find out what the real gospel's about, forgiveness of sins. They like to I excuse me, I would tell them go study Hebrews. Mm-hmm. The book of Hebrews tells us that this was done once for all. And another place to go is Ephesians, which helps define the church. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, So there you have the once for alls of Hebrews. And in this article, I cite many of those verses.
0: Yep.
2: And the fourth thing was binding and loosing. Another thing is misunderstood.
0: Yeah, you talked about even within our own church. Like our local congregation. Well, as new people come,
2: binding and loosing, a lot of people think if they haven't been around and haven't been taught, means you bind Satan, Mm -hmm. depending on where they came from. If people come from a more charismatic background, they hear Satan bound over and over again. When I began... He keeps getting loose.
0: Yeah. Somebody's loosening. He keeps getting out again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So that was the original reason I wrote about that, which, by the way, was 30 years ago this next April. Oh, wow. So Critical Issues Commentary began in April of 1992. Wow. Issue 1 and Issue 2 were about binding and loosing. Mm -hmm. And there I brought up the idea that this is about teaching and doctrine. In Matthew, and elsewhere. Yeah. Not binding Satan, because they took the term binding. Same in the Greek, but it was in a parallel about binding a strong man. Yeah. And so the very first two issues, now there's 140, I don't know, plus all the other ones, maybe 150 theological articles. Mm -hmm. This is 133, but there are other categories as well. Nevertheless, people never thought of that. But in Luther's day, that was the issue. If the Roman Catholic Church said this is bound, in other words, if you do this, you're a sinner, and you need us to forgive you. You're bound by this law that we made. Luther said, no, binding and loosing is for all Christians. Mm -hmm. But the authority of Scripture has to be the ground, the bedrock. God has spoken once for all, as it says. So, Scripture isn't going to change. But if you misinterpret it, your misinterpretation is not binding. So, if someone teaches and says, here's what the Scripture says, the author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, determines the meaning. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit used the author, like Luke, or Paul, or Moses, whoever spoke, we read that. The reader doesn't determine the meaning. The author does. Just like anything
0: else. Right. So
2: someone in a setting, a home fellowship, in our case, a Sunday school class, we're looking at a verse. We don't say, well, okay, here's the verse. What's What's it mean to you? 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 That's not the point. The meaning doesn't change. Mm-hmm. What well, we need to establish our implications and applications, if they're correct, are binding. I know we have on critical issues site some. In uh, fact, Ryan actually has some of the. Oh yeah. Some of the teachings that we did some years ago on that that part of our theological. Yeah, I forgot
0: about that. Ryan used to tack on. He'd have a. Like a, you'd you put out an issue and you'd have an article and then Ryan would have a follow up like a well he was teaching article. and
2: back in, under different iteration
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and our our daughter Jessica who's now in her forties she's edited those and they're in there so you can look up a lot of these
0: oh you're talking about the the audio and video yeah okay the YouTube yeah I'm just uh, I'm just referring to the actual written articles you. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I've long forgotten that, because Ryan went off and started Conquering King in about 2009, I think. Yeah, and about that time, we, were, we published Pr- articles. Yeah, prior to that, Ryan had articles as well. Unless yeah. there's no Ryan, because Ryan's on the board of Equizoi Ministries. Yeah, and,
2: and so I met him in Sundays, Sunday school, in seminary.
0: Seminary, yeah. Um, in the
2: 90s. As we continue on, so then binding and loosing mm-hmm. is very, very important, and that's probably the key one besides uh, declaring the terms of interest to the kingdom.
0: Which one were we on here? Um, well, I think the next one was pray pray for others. I didn't lose. No, five was to
2: offer sacrifice. sacrifice. Sorry. And you here. might say, well, wasn't the sacrifice once for all? Yes. The Mass is not a valid sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice that we offer is a sacrifice of praise. And we are... Um, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, not that it atones for anybody's sin, but we're thanking God for what he did for us, and we go forward serving him and praising him, and so that's how Luther laid it out in his biblical.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, let's go. Then we get to praying for others.
2: Okay, pray for others is number six, and... Course, we know that, but a lot of people don't. How many people think if some holy person, somebody really close to God, prays, God might hear them, but I doubt he'll hear me?
0: Or as a lot of Catholics do, they, they pray to Mary, hoping Mary will pray to God. But, you know, that, well, frankly, we've talked a lot about I, that. That's an insult. Well, Is, right, but it goes right to what you were just saying about, you know, some some high holy person that, I mean, they revere her as, that's that's what they consider her as to be.
2: But anybody who's not on the scene of history can't even hear us.
0: Right. Well, we know that. Well, unless uh,
2: dead saints are omniscient, how many <laughs> people can they listen to at one time? Yeah.
0: Well, nobody said that. Nobody ever... Gave uh, Catholics a pass for not having problems with their (laughs) doctrine. Okay, you're right about
2: that. But here's a passage that I cite in this article, James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's under this one, Mm -hmm. which is shorter than most of them. It's not an absolute promise that everybody that gets prayed for will be physically healed on the spot. Well, we could pray for each other.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. And so then seven, the last one, judge doctrines. Now that is what they would not allow oh, yeah. Luther or anybody else to do. And that's what I think most any church or denomination, and I've just written an article that about creedalism, which I don't believe in, mm-hmm. because it inhibits people from Questioning anything or judging anything because a lot of times people are separated from fellowship, even in Reformed or evangelical groups, for questioning. And if somebody has a better biblical ground for what they're teaching, then we should be able to look at that and go to the scriptures and search the scriptures. Yeah. Okay, so that would be the seventh point to judge doctors, that doesn't mean I can say I'm right and everybody ever taught on it's wrong. I wouldn't want to do that because that's unlikely to be correct, although Luther stood against the whole church, but he yeah. stood on Scripture. So that were the seven ones that I have here Yeah, that came out of Luther's teachings. And the citations that he had that I have of him citing Rome, I think it would shock most most people unless they just blindly follow the Pope. It's shocking what was claimed and what was said. I have have another document here with Luther citing Rome and what they claimed and what they were teaching. It was so abusive. So, in order to back off a little bit, they had the Council of Trent. Mm -hmm. And We cite that, too. It's just, it it anathematizes basically anybody who doesn't agree with Rome. So, I don't know how many of your listeners have come out of Roman Catholicism, but over my life of being a Christian, many people who come to Christ grew up in some Roman Catholic place, whether it's a country or a
0: yeah. Well my wife was uh was raised Catholic and Jessica was we had raised. Mike
2: Gendron speak recently at
0: our church. He mm-hmm. has a tremendous Yeah, history. Mike Mike came on with me shortly following after that. Oh god. We weren't able to get him in it's in studio there's just time wouldn't allow, but he came on with me uh
2: yeah, yeah he was really a great evangelism. Yeah. yeah. And I believe that Christendom, the bigger thing out there, is called Christian is a huge mission field mm-hmm. and it's a faulty assumption that it, because people go to church whether it's a seeker church or a
0: isn't that the truth yeah it, i mean it's not just uh within uh you know roman roman catholicism versus us you know protestants reformed whatnot but uh you know even just drive around america through the bible belt and you'll get people who would think that you know, they, they're they definitely Christians and start probing a little bit. And,
2: One yeah. of the things I've noticed, Andy, is that those that are born of God, and that's what Luther claimed, the church is born of the word. Mm-hmm. That's the first column here in the PDF version. The church is born of the word. So let me just quote a little bit. Yeah. Rome claimed to be the true church. This is my statement because of ancient history, traditions, creeds, and councils. Luther claimed that the true church was not born of the traditions of men, but from the word of God. And then I quote him. Mm-hmm. Should I do that right now? Sure. So here's what Luther said about that. This fact, however, constrains us and makes us sure, namely, that a real Christian knows that the church never ordains or institutes anything apart from the word of God. And a church that is does is no church except in name only. As Christ says in John ten, My sheep hear my voice, they do not hear the voice of strangers, they flee from them, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Unquote. That's Luther quoting John, he continues, Luther, it is not God's word just because the church speaks it. Rather, the church comes into being because God's word is spoken. The church does not constitute the word, but it constituted by the word. Mm-hmm. Now, was he right about that? Mm-hmm. I say yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's a passage that talks about people deceived because they did not welcome, I think it's in Thessalonians, the love of the truth, so as to be saved. So then I cite Peter here, one Peter one twenty three. Peter shows that what Luther said was true. Quote For you have born again excuse me, you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring. Word of God, one Peter two twenty three. So here is a basic definition of the church: the aggregate of those born of God constitute the church in the biggest sense. Mm-hmm. Now, in theology, there are different categories to discuss this, but staying with the basic fact, we are being built upon the foundation of Christ, the cornerstone. And his apostles. Now, the New Apostolic Reformation claims, no, no, they're still apostles and they speak for God. Well, that's what the Roman Catholic Church claims.
0: But that's not what the Bible teaches in Ephesians. So, Yeah, it's interesting you mention that because it, it seems like every time there's a theological issue that comes out throughout church history, it it always you know the, the, the further we get down into mm-hmm. into history the more it seems to rehash the old stuff I mean the the bold,
2: yeah the truth I mean, hopefully gets repeated but usually it's the same but the lies keep
0: getting repeated right or they take new form but it's the same old lie
2: right and so if we cannot go back to scripture alone so in my own case, In 1983, we'd been part of different movements. The group I was in Mm -hmm. mainly came out of the charismatic. But what are we going to believe? Because a movement would come through town, then it failed. Another one would, it failed. Oh, wait, now here's the move of God. No, here's the move of God. So what are we going to do?
0: Well, I, I always wonder, like... Jesus warned specifically for the last days that when you hear "there's the Christ" or "there he is," you know, don't believe him, don't follow him. But how much is that happening even before those days come? That, and, and I think it takes that form in a lot of ways, where, where people are chasing these so-called, wor- you know, these moves of the spirit, or these, you know, the, and and it just seems to be, you know, maybe I'm overthinking things, but it just kind of seems to be like a a recurring theme where people are chasing something that they think is God but isn't. Yeah, the word Christ,
2: Christos, means anointed, mm-hmm. the anointed one. So ha, Christos, is the anointed one. Antichrist would be either a false Christ or a substitute Christ or against Christ, depending on what anti means in that context. Yeah. And uh, I've done some other work on that, but to stay on focus here... How many people claim to be the great anointed man of God, anointed beyond any other evangelist that came into town, Mm -hmm. that on its surface must be rejected? Because there's one anointed one, and we all have an anointing from the Holy One, John said, I think in 1 John. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a Christian. You're not born of God. If you are, you're anointed. There's not levels of, I'm the great anointed one, I'm the higher holy one. No, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ who know him. Yeah. So uh, that's, Rome is just so far off track, but most of the charismatic and really the whole evangelical movement wants to create hierarchies.
0: So... That's just that's oh, just yeah. raw human nature, you know. That we want to, yeah. You know, in our fallen state, we always want to, not necessarily make us or make ourselves king over everybody else, but we at least want to not be the guy at the bottom. And so that we we create these hierarchies and these uh, strata, you know, to try to mm-hmm. try to try to keep ourselves out from what we'd consider the bottom. I think. And well, I think the other problem that.
2: with that, and. Recently, I preached a couple of messages on, actually, yeah, th- I went through Luke 15, which has to do with these parables. People are wanting to either honor somebody who doesn't deserve it. It's about honor shame. Mm-hmm. So the point is, there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, whoever it is. But what about now? We have churches, we have the body of Christ, and everyone who's really born of God is part of it, whether they've even found each other yet. Now, in 1 Corinthians, which is the project I'm working on now, which is preaching through that, it's often been misunderstood that some people are more important than others And we can figure out who the spiritual ones are and who the carnal ones are and whose gifts are important and whose gifts are not important. And I hope, by God's grace, to be able to teach through that and show that biblically we're trying to make judgments that we don't even know. Yep, It's God's business in heaven, in the eternal state, however that is. I'm pre-millennial, mm-hmm. and I believe there's a real marriage supper of the Lamb and so on, and there's a complex event, but nevertheless, we don't know. So we may think somebody's really great, they're not even a Christian. But even amongst those who are, let God decide who's important. We need each other. Right now, we need each other. Yeah. Well, talk about hierarchies. Look at Rome honoring people, and most don't even know God. So that's why I felt it was important to write this article. So the two things that I hope everyone can keep in mind. Number one, the authority of
0: Scripture. Yep, that's a thread I saw through this too, is that it's pulling us back into a sola scriptura.
2: right. So here's the two things. Now, we've done that one before. Or you have on your yep. uh, five solas. Yep. So, sola scriptura, the five solos. But if you don't have the priesthood of every believer, and you don't have the idea that some group or subgroup or better person who knows more than I do understands things, so I better just listen to them. Well, then you can't judge doctrine. We're making judgments that we can't know at this time. It's not who is the most articulate, who has the biggest building, who can get more people to give them money. Mm -hmm. Scripture alone,
0: and then the priesthood of every believer. Well, I like how you brought that up with... uh, I mean... try. I was trying to think this through as you finished your thought, but... um, Another angle of this would be rather than looking to to higher level people, but people often will also kind of just throw up their hands and say, "Well, I don't know. This is a tough doctrine. You know, better or smarter people than I have tackled it." And
2: well, um, that doesn't mean that we can't search, especially now.
0: Well, that's my point: is that this let this be an encouragement to people that doesn't matter how smart. The preachers are that you're listening to, or the authors that you're reading. You have, if you're if you belong to Christ, you have as much authority as they to dig in the Word and 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 research this theological issue that you're tackling.
2: Absolutely, and as I've been teaching through Acts over, over a really long time, because we have a lot of discussion in Berea. They were willing; these were Jews in the synagogue. But they were willing to search the scriptures to see if these claims were true. What were those claims? That Jesus Christ really is the promised Messiah, despite the fact he was rejected. Stephen's speech in Acts 7 cites scripture. Mm -hmm. They were thinking, well, if he's the Christ, why did the Romans and the Jewish leaders mock him, curse him, and all of these things. Who would allow themselves to be shamed? They didn't know that he was bearing the shame for them. So that's how you search the scriptures. At that point, he ascended to heaven. We have the scriptures. We have Jesus as the high priest. We have access to the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16. And this idea that we need a shaman-type person to mediate between us and the world of the spirits, it's just part of the human fallenness, but it has no place in the church. Mm-hmm.
0: So you talk about the ministry of the word. I yeah. Think this is the next section.
2: Yep. Ministry of the word. Now here's something I firmly believe is that because we're born of God, the church is born as the word of God is preached, the gospel is preached, people believe, those born of the Spirit, innately because of the Holy Spirit who indwells them, if the truth is taught clearly, they will hear in hunger and they will grow. And they will love it and they will want to learn more. I, I believe that, well, since I was converted, I got off track chasing fear, spiritual experiences came back to the word so the ministry of the word is the preaching of the word of god and i have something here i mark three stars means so i better tell Andy about
0: it so um it's like a sermon you know, sermon notes you got different colors you got yeah, I know. stars and you got different underlines i don't know why <laughs> it,
2: it works for me that way otherwise it all looks black
0: well, I, you know, having, having being a layman, I never went to seminary. And I I always wonder, like, does that do they teach you that in seminary when you're doing homilies or whatnot that you... Uh, no, this is my <laughs> own thing. I, I print out the Greek now on any... But every so often online, I'll see somebody post their, their sermon notes that they're going to preach on Sunday. Oh, if it's I posted mine,
2: nobody would ever... Well, read. Uh, yeah, I mean... I showed, uh, I start with the Greek and I put my notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adam, who's... Uh, uh, comes to our church is, is Adam O'Lean looked at it one time and said, "That looks like football place. You know the <laughs> back there, there's a That's where the tackle is." I'd never been in football, but it works for me. But here's here's the point I wanted to make here. This is something I wrote here. Since the church is born of the Word, the ministry of the Word is the most essential matter. We need. The pure word of God to be proclaimed by the church to the church. By the church to the church. So in politics, they talk about preaching to the choir. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But when it comes to the pure word of God and the way churches are most of the time, very few in the choir have heard the gospel. (laughs) Preach to the church. Yeah, and because if and, people are hungry for the Word of God, those born of God hunger for it, like newborn babes in Christ, as it says in Peter. And uh, the yeah, Roman we, Catholic Church took that away.
0: Yeah. Well, we've had those discussions over the years on these episodes, talking uh, a little bit more about um, the seeker-sensitive type stuff and. And the danger of all that system, and uh, how evangelism really belongs outside the walls of the church.
2: Well, actually, as we go along, that's evangelism should be everywhere,
0: right? And but, if you, and that's uh, that's where we'll but, go eventually. But so many of these secret, sensitive churches are, are are where they're at because they've decided to try to lure unbelievers in. And then they don't even give them a yeah. full gospel because they don't want to offend them. They want them to come back. And then the believers that are there are just starving. They're they're not getting fed in, in the word. We
2: probably won't have time to get through all of this, but
0: something when I was studying
2: church history, uh, Doctor Travis was uh, was one of my teachers, and one of the things that they had to be decided after the Reformation, because before the church was defined by who submitted to which hierarchy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, now what are you going to... What's the church? How do you know there's a real church? And the simplest definition was, wherever the word of God is purely taught, in the sacraments... Now, I would change that terminology, but as they understood it, wherever the word of God is purely taught, the sacraments administered according to the Lord's institution... It should not be doubted that there a church exists.
0: That's very simple. Now, these days, you look at it an opposite way. You almost say you go into somebody that claims to be a church and you don't find those things.
2: Right. And so, how? what are we going to do about this? And that will get us to eventually, I'm, should I still be on the face of the earth? <laughs> um, want to preach through first Corinthians but if you get into chapter 14 in fact that's in here somewhere as we go on it's judge doctrines yep so the pure word of God will always do a work of grace in the hearts of people who hear it okay and what the reformers claimed was prophecy, was bringing forth valid implications and applications of Scripture. And that is actually, you may all prophesy. That's this other article, of prophetic calling. Yeah, we're going to,
0: at some point in the future, maybe uh, 2022 or something, I'd I'd like to have that be Issue 95? Yeah, I'd like that to be maybe our next episode together. I would love to do that because you hear people
2: prophesying in charismatic Pentecostal churches mm-hmm. or New Apostolic Reformation, thus saith the Lord, and in whatever they do it, it doesn't matter whether it ever happens or not. Yeah. But then eventually you have no solid rock to stand on. False prophecy never benefits anyone. Right. It's right. not predicting the future, it's not making claims, it's bringing forth implications and applications of Scripture. So, if someone reads what something we just read here from Scripture, let's just do it right here, 1 Peter one you You've been born again, not of seed that is perishable, but imperishable that is through the living and enduring word of God. So I'm making a claim that the word of God is the Bible, is inspired by the Holy Spirit and the proclamation of the word is that which the Holy Spirit uses not only to pierce the hearts of those who weren't saved, mm-hmm. but to edify the flock. So what about in 1 Corinthians 14 it says, if you all prophesy and an unbeliever comes in and he will fall on his face, now it's an ideal, it doesn't always happen, God is here. Now why, because a miracle is done? No, because... The Holy Spirit pierces the heart. right? And so if a seeker church preaches the pure word of God and makes applications that follow, which can be judged whether they follow or not, they're going to empty the church down to the few that are
0: are actually saved.
2: Actually the elective. Yeah. Some people, why... I don't understand why people object to the term elect when it's throughout the Bible. But
0: (laughs) That's another episode. That's another
2: episode. We probably did that. Well, the point is, some people will come and keep hearing the pure word of God. We can't see the heart. And if they claim the right to rebel against what the Bible says, well, then that's a church discipline issue. Mm -hmm. But the word of God needs to be taught, and God will take care of who's willing to listen to it. So that yep. was the first point that Luther made. We're gonna probably run out of time, but
0: oh, that's okay. We won't get it through it, and I will have a link to the article. So if anybody sure. who wants to finish, maybe yeah. I should
2: look for whenever I did a bunch of these stars. But yeah, now what? the Lord's Supper. I don't know. I, even that's been debated throughout church history. What's that mean? I have an article on that too, which just happened to bring it along. <laughs> Dining with the king. Jesus dines with sinners. How banquets in the Bible reveal salvation or judgment.
0: Yeah, and that was a theme. And I wanted to mention you brought up. uh, What was that? Sorry. Devices that should have been turned off all of a sudden making noises. Uh, but you were brought up preaching out of Luke recently, and and just finished a two two sermons mm-hmm. on it, and just I I just loved it, you know. Um, an excursus from First Corinthians, as you said, you're you're preaching through First Corinthians, and this was going into the parable of the prodigal son, and mm-hmm. just wonderful stuff. Because I always appreciate, I think I mentioned it before, I always appreciate stuff that gets into. Um, not just the scriptural context, the literary context, but the historical context as well, and shedding more light on what we're reading.
2: Yeah, if we don't understand the parable, I mean, the context in which they were taught by Jesus, we don't understand Mm -hmm. what the point is. So that's what that was about.
0: But that's just uh, applying what we're talking about, ministering the Word.
2: Yeah, and people get excited about it when they understand it better.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I just expressed it here, just right here. Well, oh,
2: thank you. <laughs> so then, uh, the baptize, now, let me say something about that. Some people have said, when I started citing Luther over the years, well, Luther had all kinds of problems. That's true. I, I He wrote things that would make us blush. Mm-hmm. Uh, his... Diatribe against the Jews, we we would reject that. But that's not the point. If the authority of Scripture and the priesthood of every believer is true, as he claimed, then we can judge Luther. Right. Because he's not a writer of Scripture. He's not an apostle.
0: And he wouldn't take issue with that either. He would invite If if
2: I have the better reading, then I have a citation somewhere that he... Basically said, it doesn't matter who the prelate of the church is, but if somebody speaks something that's true, then they have to be silent. That would include the pope, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. You started talking uh, uh, about baptism earlier, and that was our next point. Yeah, um, is uh, is to baptize. And what I found interesting reading through here was that uh, Luther, would, when you when you start off talking about baptism, that even the Roman Catholic Church wouldn't uh, wouldn't disagree with necessarily that,
2: that... They thought baptism saved you, and if it was an emergency, somebody could do that.
0: Right, but yeah, that you wouldn't need to be the priest to, to do a baptism. Right, and he used Rome's own... So Luther just took that and pushed it out in the open took this... Yeah,
2: exactly. So then administering uh, communion... Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to cite something here on the center column on page four, the Mm -hmm. PDF of this. This is Luther. Those who oppose this have no foundation on which to stand, Luther said, except the fathers. The councils, tradition, and the strongest article of their faith, namely, that he quotes, quotes within the quote, we are many, And thus we hold, therefore it is true. Now, I've cited that a lot of times. And I find Protestants don't like me citing that. Because they have their creeds and councils, and that's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. I just published an article about that. I'm not saying there was nothing true ever taught by Rome. For example, the Trinity is true doctrine. And many Protestant creeds and councils have way more truth than what you could find scouring through all the documents or even the latest catechism. Mm -hmm. But anything written after the scriptures, the canon of scriptures, by real anointed prophets, Luke, Paul, the people, the apostles and prophets, can be judged It must be judged. I would never want to say, I spoke, I wrote, you have to listen to me. Because then you are silencing the church, and you're not allowing this necessary process to happen. The priesthood of every believer. So authority of Scripture doesn't mean every believer is right, but you can't say, we are many, we are ancient, therefore we are right. We are true.
0: Well, that's something, um, you know, I don't, completely agree with your stance on creeds, but I've always appreciated your, I've always, you know, your position that, uh, you know, a lot of people that listen to me come from a more creedal church. I know. And, uh, especially on the more, um, Presbyterian side, they tend Mm -hmm. to be more creedal, but, but reformed churches in general tend to be quite, quite creedal. And, uh, and that's I, I've always appreciated it because I come out of a, a, a more of a Lutheran background growing up too, okay. and and so and I see like the churches that I came out of as a child were creedal as well, but I they are more I think what you speak against and when you speak against creeds where it just becomes kind of a a rote uh, practice. It's not they're not learning anything. They're not teaching anything. Uh, you know. More unlike, you know, our more orthodox Presbyterians would be very creedal, Properly use creeds for the most part. They use a creed to not not to, um, to box people in, but to explain and to say to, uh, you know, this is what the scriptures mean, and this is how we've understood it, mm-hmm. and and to help to teach the scripture. And it's not, it doesn't replace scripture. Whereas I think some other churches that you speak against more, it becomes almost a replacement for scripture.
2: I think the process of history, and this is why I'm not creedal in that sense, Mm -hmm. I would not deny creeds that, especially even Luther said, the Christological creeds he didn't even question because he believed they were biblical. Mm -hmm. But the tendency is that as generations go on,
0: you get further it's from gone. the scripture that inspired him in the first Actually,
2: place. Actually, you go two or three generations, generally you have liberalism.
0: Right, and that's what I'm talking about. when Because I, I not only came out of Lutheranism, but I came out of the, the most liberal part of Lutheranism.
2: Well, there's and, also hyper-conservative Luther, Lutheranism. And you go to the front page of their website, and they said, our creeds are true, therefore they're binding. Well... Whichever one, I don't know which one that was. I cited an article I wrote this mm-hmm. recently. Well, why would you join that and then go challenge anything? Why would you even bother to teach it? It's already true. So I just don't think it preserves the faith.
0: Yeah. No, I, I definitely see and, and respect that perspective.
2: If you have the you know. passion to preach it, and you can prove it from Scripture, I would say this. Anyone that would try to reject the definition of Chalcedon or some of the more important ones, the hypostatic union, mm-hmm. we need to know these things.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: But if you can go into Hebrews and with passion and clarity preach, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, John 1, 1 through 18, which I like to do almost every Sunday in some regard if I'm preaching, more people will be excited about it than say, look at this creed that we signed.
0: Yeah, but I also see that some people just have different learning styles and different teaching styles and stuff mm-hmm. in it. And where that can be used to further the scriptures, you know, I, I guess I'm all for it. If,
2: My fisherman's friend. <laughs> yeah.
0: Preacher's friend. So... I definitely see both sides, you know, and that's, I see the strengths and weaknesses on both sides too. So that's, uh, I, and, and I know you're not speaking. You know, you just said it, you, you pretty much said it. All right, you're not speaking against them outright, a hundred percent. It's just where well, they where, where they start replacing them. scripture rather than enlightening or, or being illuminating right. on scripture.
2: What what ends up happening though is setting up um, walls that allow people to abuse them in some mm-hmm. cases. It's not necessary. So i
0: And I think, and I, I, I don't bring this up just to hash out creeds. I, I think it's relevant to this discussion here. I mean, this is. really talks about like some of the wrong directions that, that the church has gone yeah. on in the past because of things like that. But
2: The thing that uh, Luther affirmed the Christological, early Christological creeds, mm-hmm. that you'd be a fool to... Mess of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, even at the seminary where I was, someone was saying, well, if you have some idea that's against what's been believed about the Trinity, the deity of Christ, and so on, I would approach that. (laughs) That's not a good (laughs) idea.
0: Yeah. Well, we are uh, coming up on an hour, and I I hate to cut too short. Um, Why don't we go into... I I always really appreciate when you bring up binding and loosening, which okay. is the next point, so let's talk a little bit about binding and loosening before we close.
2: Well, look how many stars that one got. <laughs> that means we need to say it'll this. be a
0: two-hour show, huh? Well, spend an hour on binding and
2: bind loosing. Binding and loosing is forbidding and permitting. It's not talking to demons. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's bound and what's loosed? So, the fourth function, binding and loosing. Is really, really important. I mentioned earlier. So let me just cite something, that a claim I made, which can be judged. And um, so I wrote this. What is binding for all of us under the new covenant is what has been bound by Christ and his apostles. Ephesians calls that the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. We have no power to bind what Christ, excuse me, we have no power to loose what Christ has bound, nor bind what Christ has loosed. His appointed apostles, the biblical ones, are those who practice this. So, when they went into Acts 15, are the Gentiles were coming to the church, bound to Old Covenant Mosaic law? The answer was, they are not. Okay? So after the completion of the New Testament, binding and loosing can be done by all Christians because it is grounded in what has been given in the Bible. That's Mm -hmm. my claim.
0: And as, uh, uh, you know, I see in the next, page or you you go into page five you're, you bring up matthew 18 right and this really was in the context of um church discipline Mm-hmm. and so which i think is important especially when you're talking to those who are maybe on the more charismatic side want to want to use binding as loosening as like you said some treat way that we treat demons or satan they don't even understand. The, the context says nothing of the sort. Right. And so in April. And when did Jesus ever loose when it comes to Satan and the demons?
2: Well, that goes into uh, the parable in Matthew, mm-hmm. binding a strong man. It's another issue, but he was talking about what is built on the foundation. And so the keys, let me just quote Luther on that. Luther says, this is to excommunicate, to bind, to close the door of heaven. So if somebody is saying, I have a right to, look at all the cults that got started. Look at the cults in North America, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, many different cults claim that they have something wherever they got it from, Mm -hmm. and that they're going to define everything by those terms. So uh, let me quote Luther on this as we're running out of time here. He said this as it relates to the gospel. To bind and to loose, clearly, says Luther, is nothing else than to proclaim and apply the gospel. What is it to loose if not to announce the forgiveness of sins before God. So maybe just stop right there. What are how is it that our sins are forgiven? How are our sins forgiven? Through mm-hmm. the blood of Christ. Once for all. There's one mm-hmm. sacrifice for sins that was done by Christ once for all. He paid the penalty. Back to Luther. What is it to bind except to withdraw the gospel? declare the retention of sins. Luther said, whether they want to or not, they must concede that the keys are an exercise of the ministry of the word and belong to all Christians. What does that mean? We declare the terms of the gospel, that if you turn from serving self, sin, being dead in your sins, Satan, all of the darkness that you're living in, and by God's grace turn to Christ and trust him alone, and his once for all shed blood, paid the penalty for all sins for those who believe, then neither Rome, nor Satan, nor demons, nor religions, nor anybody else can nullify that if you're trusting in Christ. Amen. And so they're saying, no, that's not quite right. Yeah, if you're baptized and you do what we tell you, but then you're going to be back with your sins again and you keep going through the process. That's everything. Mm-hmm. So if we declare the truth, who Christ is, what he did, the doctrines of the faith are taught regularly and forthrightly, God will use that. Because those who hold to the whatever creeds or counsels they found years ago, I haven't seen it keep people alive, excited, serving Christ for more than a, if it. If even even two generations, it's generally gone. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a Reformed town, Reformed, and I don't. I know this isn't always true, but in our little town, Dutch Reformed almost was synonymous with hypocrite. It shouldn't be that way, no. but it was because they couldn't even escape from their own culture their own history. Mm-hmm. Some did. And some actually, when I came to Christ, they were mocking me at, at the feed plant where I worked in the summer. Some years later, I came back for a high school reunion, and a guy said, I need to apologize to you. I said, why? I don't, I don't remember. He said, well, when you told us about Christ, we were mocking you out on... A loading dock, I was one of them. Oh, oh, I'm a well.
0: Christian. <laughs> Praise God.
2: That was 20 years later, more, 30 wow. years later.
0: Praise God, yeah. Well, I will leave a link to the article. It's good. Uh, I always enjoy your stuff. Of course, that's why we're here. But, And I would love to do a follow-up with, we've got the priesthood of every believer, and you did an earlier article on uh, prophetic, prophetic calling. calling of every believer. So we are all in a sense we are all priests and prophets under the high priest and the great prophet yeah. of Christ yeah.
2: the the lowliest person can declare prophetically meaning preaching Christ that if you believe on him your sins are forgiven and you and you have eternal life anyone who believes in Christ can do that
0: amen well thanks Bob I appreciate it so much well I'm
2: honored to be part of your show so
0: yeah.
1: Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax exempt status, and your donations are tax deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit slash support.
0: That wraps up episode 163. Thanks for listening to EchoZoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com slash one six three. Don't forget also to check out the Echo Zoe Ministries locals page, as we have been talking about in the last few months. EchoZoe.locals.com. That's L-O-C-A-L-S dot com. You can support the ministry there as well as interact with the community. And I look forward to seeing you there. And Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the November episode. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the, I'm reading a copy of last month's script. We'll be back next month with the December episode of Echo Zoe Radio. And uh, we've got the guests are ready to go. We're going to do uh, Andrew Rappaport and Fred Butler. We'll be back for another Um, roundtable discussion, but uh, we'll be back, Lord willing, with that episode soon.